Rabbi there is a very famous question in the Sugya, in the Sechtes Gittin, which many of us read and learn at the time of Tisha B'Av, in these sad times of the year, and it's the Sugya Kamsa and Bad Kamsa. Sugya in Gittin. Now, Rabbi if you go through the Mavoshim, particularly the Ein Yaakov, that he understands the Lashon of Chazal, Chazal tell us in the Gemara in Gittin, a kamsa or bar kamsa chorav Yerushalayim. That because of kamsa and bar kamsa, Yerushalayim was destroyed. Unbelievable thing. Both of them, that's what the Gemara seems to say, asks the Enyakov and many other Mofoshim as well. The Chorav Kamsa didn't do anything wrong. Bar kamsa was the problem. He came in and he caused the whole situation with the Chachamim not being Moicha. The whole thing started from there. Says the Yaakov Lachayu, the Gemara should have just said, Barakamsa Chorav Yerushalayim. It wasn't Kamsa's fault. <coughs> says the Ben Yodin, Gittin Nun Heyam and Base, Akavaldigi Yusoid. And he says, You have to understand, you have to understand what happened. The Shliach, the messenger, the messenger didn't listen carefully. And because he didn't listen carefully, he changed one word, or even better, one letter as well. And that made the whole difference. The difference in the Kamsa and the Bar Kamsa was the difference between destroying Rushalayim and not destroying Rushalayim. Says the Ben Yehudu, it teaches us to Yisoid that one letter, one word, can change somebody's life, can change everything. And that's the Yisoid what we're discussing, Be'ez HaShem, is how careful we have to be about the way we speak. The way we speak can have an effect on somebody else for many, many years to come. And as we'll see, Be'ez HaShem, when we get to the halachic aspect of these shiurim, which hopefully will start Be'ez HaShem tomorrow, we'll understand it a little bit more to understand that just one word can make all the difference. You know, there was a famous Maisa with the Chavaz Chaim and the Dibuk. There's a Dibuk sometimes goes in many times throughout the generations of Kali Yisrael. We have a Dibuk that goes into a human being's body and it's from a higher source and it speaks things that the body doesn't speak. And Rabbi Hanan, the Heilige Rabbi Hanan was there, Rabbi Hanan Wasserman was there, and he asked the Dibuk inside the body, and he said to this Dibuk, this Dibuk was speaking terribly, the words that were coming out of this, again, it wasn't the human being that the Dibuk went into, but the words that were coming out, which is Gefelach, terrible wording. And Rabbi Hanan said, how can you speak this way? You're in Shamayim, you're not in this world, but you're coming from a higher source. You're coming from the Kisar Kav, you're coming from Shemaim, the Oilam HaEmes. And he speak this way. And Rabbi Hanan said, and he answered back to Rabbi Hanan, his spirit answered, and he said, you think when you get to the next world it all goes away? Whatever you said on this world, whatever you spoke over here, you speak in the next world in Oilam HaEmes, in Shemaim. And a scary thing he told Rabbi Hanan. That the mouth that you use in this world and the way that you use it continues when you get up there. It doesn't just go away and everything goes back to being Kodosh and Tahar. But the way, said the Dibbuk, told Rabbi Hanan, you speak in this world, is the way that you continue in the next world. Rabbi Isai, doesn't that teach us something? How careful we have to be. And again, we're not only discussing Lashon Hara, we're going to go through many different sugis of Kedushas HaPeh, understanding the Gavaldic Yesoid of Tibor of speech. But again, before we start the sugars, I always like to go through a little bit of a hagdama. You know, we're living in an, a generation of typing, right? It used to be, used to be email now, it's WhatsApp and everything else. You know, you realize that 
people can write things that they would never say. And people openly admit this. That they would never say the things that they wrote. It's much easier when you want to write someone something. You don't want to tell someone off. You want to give someone muscle. You want to tell someone. Whatever it is. It's hard to say it. Not to call the guy up and tell him what you think of him. But to write it in an email or put it on a WhatsApp or whatever, much easier. So it means that we have to be even more careful. Kedushas Adiba doesn't mean only what comes out of our mouths, but what comes out of our goof, even if we're typing it on the screen. I want to tell you a very scary Aravi Nachal. We had some soita similar to this on Thursday. But every Nachal wants to know this is an Aravi Nachal and Parshas Bereshis. But well, Avinacha wants to know, how do you know if you're Ben Oilem Abba? I mean, come on, guys. Everybody wants to know, oh, when we get up there after 120, what's it going to look like? Are we going, which direction are we going to go in? Are we a Ben Oilem Abba, in the other direction? How do we know? How can we measure ourselves in this world now to know what's going to be in the next world? And everybody wants, really wants to know this question. Everybody wants to know the answer to this question. Where are you holding in the Rabbi Shalom's eyes? Says the Arve Nachal, it all depends on your speech. Because the speech that you utter is a representation of what's going on inside you, and what's going on inside you is what's going on in Shemaim. Says the Arve Nachal, if a person speaks Tvarim Shepikdusha, he's a Ben Oilam Abba. If he speaks nice things, he speaks Tvaytoyre, he speaks Tvila. He speaks compliments to other people. He builds other people up. He smiles. He's polite. He helps people. He's a ben olam Because his pet, which represents the olam ha'emes, is Kodosh. says that Avinachal, but chas v'sholem. If a person speaks bad things, speaks Lashon Hara, Tvarim, so he speaks Tvarim, which we'll speak about in Yoni Klolis and other things as well, Emes Vesheke, all of these isugyas. That shows where you're holding Rabbi Yisrael in the next world. Rav Palm Zatzal. Unbelievable. Rav Palm Zatzal has a sefer called Avtori Lemelech. It was introduced to me by my uncle in New York. Told me I have to get this sefer from Rav Palm. Unbelievable sefer. And I got this sefer and until I managed to find it in various farm stores. Here they didn't sell it in America. I found it Baruch Hashem one of the Eichlers. It was Gavaldik. Unbelievable sefer. So he writes over there many in Yonim of speech. of peh. One thing he does is he quotes the Sefer Chinuch. The Chinuch says that the biggest treasure to man is the power of his speech and that through that makes him more superior to animals as we mentioned already last time. And he says many people who are you know, scared of speaking improperly, those are the people that are real Yerushalayim. And he says an unbelievable thing. He says, he quotes a Derech Eretz Rabba in Peret Gimel. Right, Derech Eretz Rabba, the back of the Gemara, sometimes you find any other Masechtas. Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky has forum on those Masechtas. One of them is Masechtas Tfilin, Masechtas Tzitzis. One of them is Masechtas Derech Eretz. So in Peregimel, Rav Palm Zatzal quotes that Masechta. And he says like this, he says that the Chazal explain a marshal of a person who uses his mouth in the bad way, in the wrong way. And he says, imagine if you have a beautiful chasana hall with beautiful chandeliers, and this beautiful wallpaper, and the lighting, and the curtains, and the floor, you know, the, the, the carpet, it's, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous. But in the middle of that chasna hall is a sewage pipe. Of they couldn't find anywhere else to put it, I guess. And it's running through the wedding hall is this sewage pipe. It says, It's the same thing when you have an Odom, as an Odom Kodesh, a beautiful neshama, and he uses his speech in a bad way, you're just like that person. And he says... 
that if a person is an Adam Kodesh, a refined soul, he speaks Belosh and Niki, and he quotes the Vilna Goin that we mentioned last time, and the Pez Kodesh Kadashim, and he continues to quote the Vilna Goin, and the Vilna Goin says a very scary thing, I don't know about you guys, but maybe I'm scared. Vilna Goin says that an angel accompanies a person, we know this from the Gemara in Makkas, Dafyud, that tells us, Marsha famously over there says, what does that mean? He says, two malachim are accompanying you. The Vilna Goin takes it a step further. And says that these two malachim are accompanying you, writing down every word that you say. Just to imagine if you had a tape recorder going through your life, then when you get up there after 120, they're going to replay it. Fun of everyone! Forget the video! That we'll talk about, we talked about already. This is the tape recorder of your speech. There's malachim writing down everything. Are you proud of everything you say? If not, you're in big trouble. Learn to use your mouth in the correct way. Learn to use your speech in the correct way because it's all written down and it's very hard to take it away. Yes, it can be taken away. Tshuva, obviously. But without that, and tshuva is difficult, it's going to be there. Rabbi I want to move on just for today. Tomorrow, Beit Hashem, we're going to go into the first sugya that I want to get to. You know, people often think, okay, the words. My words are fine. I, I generally don't curse. I try not to speak Russian horror. I try to speak the MS. I, I'm a good, I'm alright. Sometimes we don't even realize that the tone of our voices can affect someone. And I'll give you an example. There was a fellow in the shtetl. He sends his son away. He's got no money. He sends his son away to go and learn a trade in a faraway place. There's no communication there apart from, you know, telegraphs that you could get once every couple of months, whatever it was. And he sends his son away to make some money for the family. He's got a shop, he's got a store. And he figures maybe between him and his son, they'll be able to support the family. So he sends his son with a bundle of cash, some ideas of where to go and what to do. And off he goes, which gives him a hug and a kiss, and he says, that's Rabba. Son goes away, doesn't hear from him, because obviously in those days the communication was difficult. But a month later, he gets a, te- he gets a telegram from this son. Now he doesn't know how to read. He's illiterate, he has no idea to read. He's never got any education before. So he goes... And he's in his store, he's got this letter there, he's desperate to know what it says. And in walks the first customer in the morning. He says, oh, do me a favor, do you know how to read? The guy says, oh, yeah, what do you want? He's in a bad mood, this guy. So he says, oh, just do me one favor, take two minutes, just please read this letter, it's from my son. The guy says, all right, fine, I'll do it. And he reads the letter. And the letter says, dear father, I'm sorry to tell you that I lost all my money. I need more, send me more money right away. I'm sure I'll succeed with Hashem's help. Thank you very much for son. Chutzpah, he says, that's what, that's how my son talks to me. I gave him money, I gave him ideas, that's what he wants from me. I can't believe it. Then he was so upset. And for the next few hours, he's mumish upset with, how can my son do this to me? Come on. He could have, you know, said it better, whatever. End of the evening, he's about to close the store. A guy walks in, calmly walks in, and he sees that the shopkeeper, the, the guy who owns the store, is all upset. He says, is everything okay? Oh, he says, I've had such a bad day. And this morning, somebody read the letter that my son wrote, and oh, I'm so upset, how can he do this to me? And the guy says, let me see the letter. He says, okay, you can read as well. He says, sure, no. okay, I'll take the letter. He says, dear father, I'm so sorry to tell you that I lost all the money. I need more. Please send more money right away. I'm sure I'll succeed with Hashem's help. Thank you so much, your son. And all of a sudden, the same words that were read in a totally different manner change his whole perspective. The tone of your voice can sometimes change the whole way that somebody takes whatever you said about them. 
which is an incredible thing because it could be you said something good, but he took it in the wrong way because the way you said it. So it's not only the words that you say, but it's the tone of voice that you use as well. I want to finish with two last things. There was a woman who criticized her husband all the time. It drove him crazy. She was always criticizing him. She was always telling him, you're doing this wrong, and you did that wrong, and you didn't do that right. He, he, he possibly couldn't take it. He didn't know what to do. He possibly didn't know what to do. So he went to his rov. So what do I do? My wife is driving me absolutely crazy. So the rov said, listen, I'll give you an eight, sir. I'll give you an eight, sir. Get a plank of wood, a huge plank of wood, and buy nails and a hammer. Hide the plank of wood somewhere, somewhere that your wife won't find it, and then down in the cellar, whatever, where it's dark. And every single time that she says something that bothers you, that she insults you, she you know, tells you off or whatever, go downstairs calmly, take a nail, take the hammer, and bang it in. It'll make you feel better, it'll make you feel better, and that hopefully will be the, the result. And he continues for a numerous amount of months doing that, until eventually the entire board is full of nails, right? His wife is doing the Pesach cleaning, go on time. She's down in the cellar, cleaning up a couple of things, and she notices, notices this piece of wood that's full of, like, nails. This is weird. What's this doing over here? So she calls her husband and says, have you seen this? Yeah, he's all embarrassed. I don't know what to say. What's going on? He has no choice. And he explains to her, listen, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, you insult me and you tell me off and you can criticize me the whole time. I brush a contact. I went to my room. My wife told me it's a great answer. It's worked tremendously. It's, right. I, it's like therapy. It's great. I feel good about myself. It's fine. I see how many nails are there. I can cope with it. I can manage it. It's okay. And she was like, wow, I, I, I didn't realize it really affected you that much. I'm so sorry. I can't believe it. I take it back. So she's like, okay. I mean, she's like, well, what can I do to make, you know, to make it better? Let's, let's do something to reverse the situation. She said, I have an idea. I'll, every time you give me a compliment instead of an insult, I'll take out one of the nails. Great. And so happens, after a couple of months, Baruch Hashem, she says to him, you know, they made a deal that she's not going to look at it this way, she's not going to know where she's holding. After a few months, she says to him, no, tell me, how am I doing? How's it going? She says, come, I'll show you. They go down to the cellar, put on the light, and they see that the plank is empty. There's no nails at all. Incredible, she's so happy. He says, but I do want to tell you, one thing out to you, the holes from the nails are still there. Those can never be erased. When you say something to somebody else, you'll say sorry, you'll apologize, you'll do tshuva, and that's wonderful. But the damage you might have done can possibly last a lifetime. And you can, as we'll see by Hashem when we talk about it in our the damage that you've done to somebody else can affect that person forever, and you'll never be able to take it back. Rabbi, so let me end with one last thing. There was a year in Yushalayim, Mendel Eisenbach. He died a few years ago. He was a man who went to Auschwitz and he emerged tremendously with, 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 with Amuna and Betochen and the Rabbi Nishalan. It was unbelievable. Now what happened, and he said over this story, he, just, he lived not far from here. So he said that one time what happened in Auschwitz, they, um, in his bunk, they did the following procedure. Every single day without fail, they did the same procedure. They called out a name randomly from any bank house. They took out that person outside and they shot him dead. Every single day, that's what they did. They called out a name, that person came forward, they went outside, they shot him every single day, the same Seydad Dvarim. One night, same time as every other night, the guards walked in and they called out Moshe Friedberg. They called out Moshe Friedberg. Now Moshe Friedberg turned white. He didn't know what to do. Well, what's he going to do? You know, he knows what's going to happen next. He probably didn't know what to do. And 
everyone seemed to look at this Mendela Eisenbach for some reason. He didn't know why. He didn't have a choice. He had to walk forward. This is Mendela Eisenbach. This wasn't Moshe Friedberg. He walked forward. He stepped forward because everyone looked at him and there's no way he's going to deny being who he was because the gods will collapse. You know, who knows what's going to happen. So he goes outside. He had no choice. He didn't want to answer back. He didn't want to tell somebody else. How could he use that? Who could use his mouth for such a thing? They walked out and they did something very different. The gods said to him, tonight we're going to do something different. Tonight we're singling you out to live and everyone else in the bunkhouse is going to die. An unbelievable thing because he didn't use his mouth he was able to live. He lived till the age of 96, which is the gematria peh, the gematria mouth. What an unbelievable thing. Rabbi Isai, as we go through Shurim, we come to the understanding of how kodesh our peh is, how chosh of our mouth is, and how careful we have to be to use every word. Be'ez Hashem, tomorrow we'll continue.